Okay, welcome back, everybody. We are going now through Derache, and we spent, I, I think, an hour last week on um, just you know the very first verse, which is, are the two paths. We had to go and establish what those two paths are, and now we're getting into Derache one two, and this is separated into parts in this part here. But so let me go to the main text here. And um, go over this, and hopefully we don't spend that much time as we did on uh, the very first part of Didache, which is verse one. Uh, verse two, and, and I'll, you know what? I'll go ahead and read verse one as well, so it's fresh on your mind. What we went over last week was there are two ways: one of life, one of death. However, there's a great difference between the two ways. And we got into things such as Sefer Yetzirah. We got into things such as you know what is written. Um, in you know the uh, Brit Hadashah and so on and so forth, Talmud Midrashim and all these things. Now, where we're going to be progressing now is in verse two, where it says, "Now the way of life is this: first, you shall love the God who made you; second, you should love your fellow as yourself. Whatever you uh, do not want to happen to you." Do not do to one another. Now, this is a premise that is within that of Brit Hadashah. It sounds very similar to the words of Yeshua when they he was asked by a uh, Baal Hatarah, a master of the Torah. He was asked the question, "What is the greatest of mitzvahs?" He says, "Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohenu Adonai Echad. Love Hashem your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." For the entire Torah rests upon these two commandments. Now, this is also something as well that is spoken about by that of um, of uh, Hillel the Elder within that of Tractate Shabbat, I believe it is. And I think chances are they probably have that in here. Um, so I can give you the actual citation of that. Uh, I don't see it here. Yeah, I don't see it in here, but that that should be. It, it, it probably is within within the book. Anybody who has the book can probably go and uh, you know uh, let me know where it, where it's mentioned. But we have this story of this uh, heathen that comes before Rabbi Shammai, and you know the Pharisees. There are five different sects of Pharisees. One of them was you know the school of Shammai, the other one was the school of Hillel. The thing that was greatly different between the two is that one was um, more strict. Shammai was much more strict. And Hillel uh, was not so strict. And so what happened is that this heathen didn't want to know the Arl Torah. You know, he may have you know, read protocols or something like that. <laughs> You know, he's, he's probably some guy, you know, on social media that have seen these things on websites. No, when the websites weren't around back, around back then. I realize this. Making it making funny or attempting to at least. But, but you know, the, you know, the thing about this, we see this with our own eyes. I don't want to learn to talk about Shabbat Top. I want to learn, learn, read, read, and I don't care about these things that are, you know, oral, oral. And so, and so basically, basically, it kind of infuriates my, 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 my,
And so he goes so to he goes little Hillel, and, you know, he goes up there and says the exact same thing, thing, and he goes and gives it to him, Aleph, Beit, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, the Hebrew alphabet. He goes and teaches him the Hebrew alphabet, and he goes and he learns it, and then he says, go and say it backwards now. And the heathen is sitting there wondering, what in the world's going on here? And he said, what does this have to do? With, with Torah Shavuot, what does this have to do with the written Torah? He said, he "Well, said, well essentially, it's, it's all wrapped up within both. Because the greatest of all mitzvahs and how you properly go about applying them is to love Hashem your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. For the entire Torah rests upon these two mitzvahs. Now go and learn them. Learn them in that way." This is the path of life. This is why it is that this is the very first thing that it mentions after establishing in Didache that there are two ways. It first goes and talks about what both rabbinic Judaism and Yeshua himself both say are the most important of mitzvahs. This is the reason why it is that this is so foundational. Why is this so foundational? We ended up uh, just going over some of the things in the Garden of Peace, a marital guide for men. One of the interesting things about the things that we talked about was comments and criticisms that men go and give to women and how that displays their own arrogance, how it displays their own ego, how it displays their own deficiencies, if you will. How those things are all wrapped up within their need to criticize and comment to their wife or their significant other. What comes from that? Yetzirah. Yetzirah is the thing that is constantly going and criticizing. Yetzirah is the reason why it is that so many go and treat the Torah as though it is bullets from a gun. As opposed to the thing of life. We discussed yesterday, or not yesterday, but the, the last episode that we did on Didache. We ended up going and discussing how it is that in many ways, what we end up seeing within that of, um, of Judaism is that Judaism is known to be the religion of life. And we escape from Mishraim. We escape from Egypt, a place that worships the dead. We talked a little bit about the separation of meat and dairy products, how it is that we don't intermingle the two together. When a person goes and commits, and this is huge in terms of this week's Torah portion, on both of what we talked about in, in the Garden of Peace, and what we're talking about in Didache, it's very interesting. And we can kind of almost use this as a Torah portion teaching in many ways today. Because we have two parshiot this week. We have Tazria and we have Metzara. What is Tazria Metzara about? Some of you have not read it yet. It's, you know, it's, it's all good. You will read it throughout the week. You will see you know, the rabbis in your synagogues and in your assemblies going to teach about it. Um, probably on um, probably on Friday and Saturday. Now, what ta- what the Torah, what the Parshiot, Tazria and Metzara are talking about, 
is this entire thing known as Za'arat, as well as Metzara. Metzara is a spiritual condition. Za'arat is leprosy. And the, the Metzara brings about Za'arat. Now, what is Metzara? Metzara is a spiritual condition that is a person who is engulfed by their Yetzirah. The job of Yetzirah, according to Rabbi Abachia, is to kill you. That is the job of Yetzirah, which is different from the external Satan. The external Satan, as we see all throughout the scripture, most notably the book of Eov, the book of Job, we see that Hashem is saying, hey, uh, you know, Satan, where, is, where are you? Oh, oh, so what you been up to? I've been wandering to and fro, you know, going and accusing and all that stuff. Just what it is that you told me to do. The external Satan, in many ways, is, you know, something different than it is that we have been taught in the past. The external Satan, in many ways, is, the, is an emissary of Hashem. He actually, his job is to go in to accuse. That's what his job is. There's a story within that at the Talmud about a man who ended up, he wasn't probably the most observant of all Jews. He didn't, uh, you know, go and do, you know, the, the best kosher in the world. He uh, didn't, um, you know, defiled the Shabbos all the time, you know. You know, it's like, it, it, was, it was like he showed up, you know, for, you know, uh, Yom Kippur and Pesach, you know, to the shul. That's when he showed up, you know, much in the same way, you know, people talk about, you know, Christians who show up for Easter and and uh, and Christmas, you know, this is kind of the same thing within Judaism. But the thing about it, though, is that he never committed Lashon Hara, never committed evil speech, never did it, never criticized anybody, never spoke down to anybody, never went and spread rumor about anybody, never even went and, you know, and as the Talmud says that even if you go and you listen to a rumor about somebody or you listen to Lashon Hara, about somebody, then you yourself have actually committed Lashon Hara by even listening to it. He had done none of this. On the right hand of Hashem, when he was brought before Hashem, on the right hand of Hashem is Mashiach. On the left hand side is the Satan. So when the man goes up, Mashiach is going and advocating for the man. And then the Satan, it's his turn. He's acting as a prosecution. And Hashem goes and acts as the judge. And he then goes and tells the Satan, you can't say anything. And the Satan says, well, why? He said, because he didn't say anything. Because the man never committed Lashon Hara. So therefore, the Satan was unable to fulfill his role as being the accuser of the brethren because there was nothing that he could do to accuse this man of because he has never accused anybody of it. And so this is a huge concept here that is within Dedache that is about the foundation of all the fulfillment of mitzvahs. I give this analogy and I give it often. I talk about, you know, a person who has a child and the child's job is to take out the trash. That's what it is that he has to do to get his allowance. He has to do that and unload the dishwasher and maybe some other things, keep his room clean and all this stuff. 
And so the trash is, you know, getting full. And so the parent then goes and says, hey, uh, little Jimmy, uh, go and take out the trash. And the kid decides, hey, I don't want to do that. And, is, and the parent's like, well, you know, it's, it's your job. You got to go and take out the trash. This is what it is that you're supposed to do. And so the child goes and makes all this noise, all this racket, showing his disdain for taking out the trash. He just yanks the bag, he's slamming it into the wall, into the door, and all this stuff slams the door. When he comes back into the house, after taking out the trash, is his parent then going to say, thank you for going and doing that. You fulfilled your job that it is that we had for you. Um... You know, good job. Or is he going to say, you know what? Go to your room. You're being a little jerk. And the same is true when it comes to fulfillment of mitzvahs. I see so many people that don't understand this basic premise of the foundation of all of Torah, the concepts of life and death, the concepts of loving Hashem, your God, fulfilling mitzvahs for the sake of Hashem, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Because in many ways, a person who who has ego a person who has haughtiness, a person who uses the Torah as though it is bullets from a gun is doing more harm than anything else. As a matter of fact, they are being counted as negative mitzvahs upon the completion of the mitzvahs that it is that they are so arrogantly going and fulfilling. Because of the fact that they are are displaying this 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 walk this life within that of Judaism in a negative aspect as opposed to the religion of life where life is valued where your fellow where it is your neighbor where it is that all of those that are around you have value when a person goes and starts to you know push through an antithesis of this then what happens is This is how Judaism is seen by all of those around. That's how it's seen. Didache 1.3 says, This is the teaching of these matters. Speak well of all those who speak ill of you, and pray for your enemies, fast for those who persecute you, and and do special favors, to uh and what special favor do you merit if you if you love those who love you do not even gentiles do the same however you are to you are to love those who hate you and you will have many enemies now we see Brit Hadashah being quoted all over the place here we see Brit Hadashah being quoted in Luke chapter 6 verse 28 within this we also end up seeing um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Luke chapter 6, verse 28 again. We also end up seeing uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 46. And Luke six thirty-two, And we also see Matthew chapter 5, verse 47. Why is this? Why did Mashiach give this commandment? Why is this recorded in Didache? And why is it recorded so early on? It's so easy for us at times to sit there and be nice, to be helpful, 
to people who are on our side, people who agree with us, people who build up our ego, people who um, put us in a good light. It's very easy to do that. It's harder, however, to do that for those who, well, maybe disagree with us a great deal. It's much harder to do this. And you think, in many ways, you go and you look at Anybody who has, you know, gold jewelry for some, for, you know, for an instance, you think of that gold jewelry and what you see is something that has been put through tremendous heat, something that has been put through tremendous stress. And this thing has been molded into, you know, a ring into a necklace, into earrings, into whatever it is to have its form. In our faith, it is the same way. Rabbi Shal Shalom Arush's book, I know we went through, we've been going through Garden of Peace, but there's also the Garden of Emunah. And within that, he goes and talks about how everything comes from Hashem. Everything that can be thrown at us comes from that of Hashem. Good, bad, doesn't matter. They all mold us. They all come from Hashem. Each and everything that happens within life is from Hashem. And it's ultimately for our own good. To, for us to gain da'at, for us to gain knowledge, for us to gain chokmah, for us to gain wisdom. This is why it is that we go through the things that it is that we do. In fact, Torah Shebi'apeh, the Oral Torah, goes and tells us, that a person who's gone 40 days and 40 nights without trial or tribulation has no share in Olomaba. There's no share in the world to come. Paul goes and talks about in one of the books of Corinthians about all the stresses that it is that he has been through. All the things about being shipwrecked and jailed and beaten and all of these things. And then he goes and says, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Everything comes from Hashem. And I praise God for all the things that it is that I've been through. This is what Paul says. Why? Because he understands this premise. He understands this premise. In Romans chapter 12, verse 14, it says, Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse them. This is the reason why. This is the reason why. We are to lower ourselves. That's key. Yeshua goes and talks in Matthew 23 about, you know, listening and doing as the poor Hashim and the Shofrim say. And then he goes and talks about people who do these things for the sake of themselves, for their own self-elevation, so that people will say, look at how holy that guy is. We know people like this in our own lives. We may be people like this within that of our own lives. I know that, you know, early on in my walk and maybe even... At certain points within my walk, even still today, I may still have this issue. Let's all be honest with ourselves. Let's all say that, you know what? I've met the enemy, and the enemy is me. But then he goes on and says that the person who will be greatest in Olomaba, 
in Malchut HaShemayim, the kingdom of heaven, the world to come. The one who will be greatest is the one who is a servant to his brothers, to his sisters, to all of those around him. It also says in the Sermon on the Mount, or the, I'm sorry, the Beatitudes, that um, blessed are the meek. It doesn't say blessed are the smart. It doesn't say blessed are the um, are the you know highly religious. It says blessed are the meek. That takes amazing meekness and humility to be able to. Pray for your enemies, to bless those who curse you. And the thing about it, though, is, ladies and gentlemen, we focus in on so much stuff. We focus in on you know, uh, you know, doing Shabbos correctly. We focus in on you know, doing doing this moed right. We we focus in so much on all of these other things. But one of the core tenets <coughs> of all of Judaism is within this. This concept of praying for those individuals that it is that persecute us, praying for our enemies, being a blessing to those who are, don't necessarily seem to be a blessing to us, but I would say, wait a minute, they are. You heard me mention how it is that, um, that Rabbi Shalom Arush goes and talks about trial and tribulation, 40 days and 40 nights. Without it, person may have lost their share in Olam Habab. You've heard me talk about that. Well, the thing is, if we go through trial and tribulation and somebody goes and just some, does something totally awful to us, just horrible, the thing is that how is it that we react? Do we react with, this person did this to me? Or do we react with, Hashem, what is it you are trying to show me in this instance? What is it that you are trying to fix within me? How is it that we respond? That is key. That is so important. Because through the bad times within that of our life, we gain Chokmah. We gain wisdom. You know, one of the things as a rabbi that I have to do is I have to counsel people every now and then. There's five people all throughout the week that I basically have on a rotation. And I'll tell you, I got to be blunt. Any person who counsels somebody, their effectiveness is not in their book smarts. Their effectiveness is in how much crap they have been through in their life. How much of it that they are willing to share. How much of it that they are willing to look back on and say, you know what? I can relate to you in this way because of the fact that I have gone through this. This is why it is that we pray for our enemies. This is why it is that we bless those who curse us. This is the reason why Didache says to do this. This is why it is that Brett Hadashah says to do this. Because ultimately, we gain wisdom through it. 
Didache14 says, Restrain yourself from natural and physical inclinations. If someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other to him, and, um, and you will be complete. If someone forces you to go a mile, go with him too. If someone takes away your cloak, give him your tunic also. If someone takes away what is yours, do not demand it back, for you are not even able to give it back. Now, this sounds very familiar as well. Why does this sound familiar? Well, maybe Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through 8. Maybe uh, 1 Thessalonians verses four, uh, 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 chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 3, th- all the way through 5, verse 7. Maybe 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Maybe Titus chapter 2, verse 12. Maybe 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 11. Maybe, uh, I don't know, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. Maybe Matthew chapter 5, verse 39. We see a lot of this in chapter 6 of Luke and, and Matthew chapter 5. We see a lot of it here. That extra mile. Ladies and gentlemen, there's several times within our, that, that of our life where we go through trial and hardship. We go through persecution and we say, you know what, to hell, of it, to hell with it. We've all been there. We've all just wanted to say at times, to hell with it. This person's doing this to me, so I'm just going to say to hell with it. We've all been there, right? Let's be honest. This is a test of our faith. This shows us how strong it is that we are in our connection with that of Hashem, or it can serve as showing us if we have a blockage in an area in our life, if we have a blockage to where it is that we are totally cutting off of off Hashem in this manner, and we are then saying, oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Look at what I've been through. Look at what this person has done. This is a test of our faith. This shows us, first of all, if we go and operate in the ways that it says in verse 3, to go and to basically destroy Yetzirah, kill Amalek daily, if we go and we do this, then the physical inclination, the things that are connected with that of the people in Corinth, and with whom it is that Paul wrote to, whose motto was, if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't, then to heck with it. This is all a part of the flesh. The flesh wants us to react. The flesh wants us to be combative with a person who does wrong to us. The flesh wants us to do that. Which one controls us, though, however? Yetzer Hatov or Yetzer The inclination of good, kind of like the little angel on the shoulder. Or the inclination of evil, the little devil on the shoulder. Which one controls us? The one that controls us tells us with whom it is that we serve. Who it is that we really serve. Not just who it is that we proclaim to serve. Didache chapter 1 verse 5. Give to whoever asks. Do not demand it back. For the Father wants to give his own gifts to everyone. Contentment awaits one who gives according to the commandment. 
for he is blameless. How terrible for the one who takes. For anyone who has a need and takes will be blameless. But one who does not have a need will give an account as to why he took and for what purpose. And when he is put into prison, he will be questioned thoroughly what he has done, and he will not get out from there until he has paid every last penny. And this is also mentioned again in Matthew chapter 5 and in Luke chapter 12. This very concept here. This, as well as a gut check to us, says that the person who's in need and takes basically that he is blameless. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Let's put ourselves into the first century mindset, first of all. There was something that was uh, within the Bais HaKmikdash. When people would go and donate uh, the Maksa Shekel or give to Sadaka to that of the Holy Temple, to the Bais HaKmikdash, there was this communal basket, if you will. This communal basket, people would come by and they would you know, give to the needy. There was no tax write-offs for any of this. It was done for the sake of Hashem is the reason why they did it. There wasn't any sort of uh, any uh, 501c3s given out or anything like that. There was nothing of the sort. Instead, this came from the nefesh. This came from the soul. This came from the lev, the heart. The first and last letters of the entire Torah is Beit Lamed. If we switch them up, we got the word lev, which is the word heart. This is from where it is that all the Torah is being done from. From the lave, from the heart, which is one of the core things of Didache that we discussed in chapter one thus far. <coughs> and this plays in to the very last verse in Didache one. It says, But regarding this, um, it has been said, Let your donation sweat in your hands until you know from whom to give it. Okay? So we're, it, this is going through this concept of Zedachah. Zed- now, the word zedekah for charity contains the word zadik. And the word zadik is a person who is one who is righteous. So we see that a person who is righteous is a person who gives to zedekah. Okay? Now, what would be the reason for the person who is without but takes? It would be the the uh, guf uh, the guf hamashiach not engaging in its core duty of loving hashem your god with all your mind heart and soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself not saying that the thief doing what it is that he do for one of the 10 commandments tells us not to steal not to say that he is in the clear here okay first of all but but this is a gut check to guf hamashiach if a person is without if a person within the community is without, then it means that we haven't acted like Zedekim. Because if we had acted like Zedekim, then this person would not be without. He would have the food that it is that he stole from the local market. This shows an inability within us in many, in many times, in many places within that of our faith, to not do what it is that we are supposed to do by loving Hashem our God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself, which 
is the entire umbrella of the way of life within that of Derache and within that of Tractate Shabbos in the Talmud and within that of the book of Matai or Matisyahu or Matthew within Brit Hadashah and within the book of Shemot or Exodus within that of the Torah. These are core foundations, thus the reason, the way of life. Okay? Do we have any questions here today before it is that we go and we wrap up here? I see all these things saying people joined, but it seems that it has stopped refreshing here for some time. Okay, now I think it's caught, caught itself back up. Okay, that's great. Um... Any questions before it is that we wrap up? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this announcement here really quick while you guys are typing in your questions in case you have any. Um, as you guys know, I teach a Hebrew and Aramaic class, which is on demand. You could take it anytime you want. You could skip around lessons and all that stuff. We teach, you know, not only the letters in both Defus and Katav script, which is the uh, uh, the Hebrew script in which every single scroll has been written in, and the Ketav is the cursive or shorthand script that is used in a majority of signage in Israel today, and it's also used in letters within that of, uh, of Israel. We also teach the Nakud, the grammar, everything to learn Hebrew over at the Hebrew and Aramaic Learning Institute, which is HebrewAndAramaic.com. Um, so if you want to go in to learn Hebrew and Aramaic, Go and visit over there. It's only $15 a month or $40 every three months. Make sure to go and sign up. Um, also, uh, make sure to go and check out our website, lapidjudaism.com. This is where you can get the podcast version of these broadcasts right over there, absolutely free. Also, make sure to go and look for Brutal Planet on your a podcast app on your Apple devices, absolutely free. Make sure to hit the subscribe button and all that stuff so you never miss any of these teachings okay it doesn't seem that we have any questions so i'm just going to tell you guys shalom bracha peace and a blessing shalom so you want to learn hebrew or aramaic or maybe both make sure to check out hebrewandaramaic.com all three of the instructors on the website have accredited moray licenses to teach the languages that they teach on the website you can take the lessons on your very own time and they even have a roku channel so you can learn from the comfort of your very own couch with over 200 videos going step-by-step step through the languages and all the various scripts and over 100 PDFs of exercises and quizzes, this is the most thorough set of lessons that you'll find anywhere on the languages of the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. So visit HebrewAndAramaic.com today and sign up for only $15 a month.